Welcome to the Front Desk Goddess Diaries, where we show you how to work smarter, not harder, because busyness does not equal profitability. Join our conversations where we show you how to decrease stress, take more time off, and have more fun. Hi, my name is Amy. I am a personal practice coach for the Brady Group, and I've been in your shoes. I have the pleasure of working with dental practices across the globe. And you know what I've discovered? Everyone has the same challenges. I'm excited to share wisdom that I've gained from great dental practices just like yours. So today I am joined by Kathleen again. I am so happy to be here. I've missed you, Amy. I've missed all of our friends in podcast land. Yeah, it's been, uh, anyway, I was on all by myself last week, all solo, but uh, we got it done. So I'm glad you're back. And me too. Uh, so last week, I shared 13 things that must happen to succeed in case acceptance. And over the next few weeks, we're going to break those down into more detail. Okay, let's start at the very beginning. I think there's a song in there. <laughs> yep. um, today, we're going to be talking about the new patient experience. We will pick up at the beginning from when a patient walks in the door, but please go back to episode one to review the new patient phone call that we did on that very first podcast um, and just how to get them through the door. Right. So today we're going to start a series on the new patient visit titled Ditch the Clipboard. Ditch the Clipboard. Okay. So are we talking about the pile of paperwork that we get on a clipboard every time we go to the doctor? Is that what we're talking about? Absolutely. As a patient, we fully expect to be greeted with a clipboard as part of our experience in the dental office. It's, it's kind of the norm. And so if you simply want to meet your patient's expectations and just being transactional versus relational, keep on doing what you're doing. But if you want to earn their loyalty, make raving fans out of your patients, then we've got to ditch it. Ditch the clipboard. Okay. What if we greeted everyone, all the new patients that we see as someone, or even not even new patients, just all of our patients as someone that we would, um, you know, have a, as a guest in our home. I love that, Kathleen. We'd be ready for them. We wouldn't be on the phone. We'd uh, greet them at the door. We'd anticipate their arrival. And uh, I want us to hop out of our seat, basically leap over the front desk mm, and greet, greet new patients by name with a smile. Well, I mean, and when they're greeted like that, I mean, patients, they won't only feel welcome, but they'll know immediately that just without a doubt, they're in the right place the right dentist office. Um, okay, but back to ditching the clipboard. So back to the paperwork. So if you don't give them a clipboard, how should the paperwork be handled? Well, we're going to get there. Uh, okay. That's, I know, traditionally the first thing we do is hand them that clipboard, but we really want to think relationship first. Once we've greeted them by name enthusiastically, we really want to connect on a personal level. Okay. It sounds as if it would be great if the same person that talked with them over the phone maybe just plan to be available to welcome the new patient when they arrive. Oh yeah. I like that idea. Uh, you could maybe say something like, welcome. I'm Amy. I talked to you on the phone. Did you find mm -hmm. us? Okay. Thank you so much for being on time. We are really excited to serve you today. Do you mind if we visit for just a few minutes before I introduce you to our hygienist or doctor or assistant, we just want to make sure we're on the same page and that we exceed your expectations today. Then we would jump into what we call the new patient interview. Okay. I love this because it just sounds very kind of casual and just friendly. So where should this kind of interview take place? And 
maybe not even the word interview, but just a conversation. Where should it take place? Yes, it is just a conversation. It's uh, just a, a transition from, okay, we talked to them on the phone. Uh, and what would typically happen is we'd greet them with a the clipboard and then pretty soon somebody from the clinical team comes out to get them and takes them straight back to the clinical area. So there's really no transition. I mean, if you've got a patient mm -hmm. that is anxious or stressed or, um, you know, it, it just eases that transition. And so I would ideally have this interaction away from the reception area where okay. it's quiet, private, and not in a clinical setting. Okay. So is, would this be like in the doctor's office or the consultation room? Where, where would you see this happening? Yeah, both of those could be good options okay. as long as that room is void of any clinical paraphernalia. You know, if it's the dental office, I think sometimes we might need to back up a U-Haul and uh, load it up and get rid of those journals and stuff that the doctor's going to read someday. Um, <laughs> you know, old textbooks, study models, or even skulls sitting on the shelves. Uh, but what we do want in there are pictures of patients with beautiful smiles, maybe even a before and after book, testimonials. Think comfortable, okay. cozy, and living room-like. Even pictures okay. of the doctor with his or her family, team picture, just allows the patients to relate on a personal level and relax. And I'm even picturing, I mean, just even the furniture, the way it's positioned. I mean, so that you're sitting next to the patient, having a conversation, not on the other side of a desk or a conference table, something like that just seems more intimidating. I see Kathleen's my interior decorator. So she, I, that, I turn to her on all things like that. She, <laughs> she helps me with those kind of things. So that's, I love that because, um, you know, if we're, again, if you're going to welcome somebody into your home, you know, do you sit like way over? I don't know. It's just, it creates no, a barrier. You don't. Yeah. yeah. It creates a barrier. So um, even an extra chair with a family member, small table would be okay. a good idea. Okay. So, and how long should this conversation slash interview, but really more of a conversation, how long should that take place? Probably five, seven minutes, no longer than 10. Okay. And then, so what do you, what do you talk about during the interview? Kind of, how do you get started? If we're going to break that time into two, two halves, two parts, the first part is just going to be connecting more relational um, the second half is going to be more about, you know, their objectives, why they're here uh, and what they want to accomplish. So if we take that first half, getting to know the person before we get to know their teeth, just starting really simple and broad, uh, maybe something that you already gained over the phone. You mentioned Susan referred you. How do you know her? You mentioned you moved to Dallas. What brought you here? You know, what do you like to do when you're not in the dental office? Okay, so should the specific questions be asked about their personal life just to try and connect? I think we want to be cautious about too, being too specific, um, but by building on something they've already shared or mm -hmm. starting really broad, you allow the patient to go and, and talk about what they're comfortable with instead of asking about specifics, like what do you do for a living? Or, right. you know, do you have kids? I mean, there might be some areas right. of their life that they really aren't comfortable talking right. about. Right. What's somebody that they maybe just met? So, well, I mean, so then asking the specific questions that I think that can just sound forced. Yeah. So your whole goal is really to put the patient in a position to share something beyond their comfort level. Is that yeah, asking those specific questions can do that. It okay. might force them there. And so we don't want to do that. But okay. once we do get to know them, then we transition to teeth and maybe even preparing the patient. 
because if we just dive into asking questions about goals for their teeth, they might not really get it. It might be a little confusing to them. I totally agree. So if we communicate to the patient that the office is a bit different than maybe they have experienced in the past and that, you know, patients really enjoy being at the center of, you know, the office's planning, their care. It just makes sense when you ask them questions about what they want, what they what they see for, you know, their visit here. I mean, kind of what their goals are. Right. Because if we're really operating within a patient-centered system, our patients will drive what we do for them. So okay. here are some examples of some of those questions we might ask once we kind of let them know what's, you know, what to expect. And again, conversational. So it's not yes. like you're reading off of your own clipboard because that's not what you don't want to fill the interview. Exactly. And so maybe even asking them, what do you want to accomplish today? Or digging a little deeper, other than a cleaning, what do you want to accomplish today? You know, what, what's most important to you when it comes to your teeth? What about prevention? What role does prevention play for you? Or how do you see us helping you accomplish the things that you've shared with me? And again, I just don't think that we can stress that enough, Amy. It's just a conversation. So if it comes across memorized, or I mean, anything like that, I just think that hey, I, I would just tend to back off because I don't want to feel interrogated. So start broad and then your questions, you know, will kind of lead to just based on their responses. Yes. And you know what, Kathleen, you're giving me an idea just now as I'm thinking about this, maybe we ought to call this the new patient conversation <laughs> instead of the new patient interview. Um, but yeah, I think people kind of get freaked out. I remember in learning this process, I would be so stressed thinking about what question I'm going to ask next mm -hmm. that I would totally miss what the patient just told me. Mm -hmm. And if we really just relax and listen, mm -hmm. then they'll tell you what to say next based on their response. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. that's what we want to look for. The other thing is just, you know, be sure that you um, thank them. Thank them for choosing your practice. They could go anywhere they want, but they have chosen to give you their time. So, you know, let's be grateful. Registration is now open for our April 8th virtual front desk goddess retreat. It's an outrageously innovative event exclusively created for successful dental practices that want to minimize the hassles of insurance filing, statement sending, bad scheduling, collections, phone shoppers, low case acceptance, high overhead, front desk bottleneck trouble, and other stress monsters. Just call me, Amy, at 800-592-7239 to register. Oh, and you can mention this podcast and that'll save you $50 on your registration. Okay, but Amy, you still haven't told me how the paperwork is handled. <laughs> okay, so we'll go there now. So first and foremost, regardless of how paperwork is handled in your office, look at it and simplify it. What do you really want to know? You know, what are questions that maybe you don't even pay attention to anymore? Get mm -hmm. rid of them or questions that even bring your attention or bring the patient's attention to needs-based dentistry. Things like, are you in pain? Do your gums bleed, et cetera? Just get rid of those. Okay. Um, even insurance info, get rid of it, regardless of how you handle insurance in your office. We talked about this in the uh, couple of past episodes about insurance is just copy the card. They typically fill it out incorrectly. And why do we really want to be the ones to bring the focus to insurance anyway? True, true. And I mean, 
I mean, my thing is don't ask the same questions more than once. So if you're already getting a good bit of info on the phone, go ahead and fill out that portion of the, the information form, the health history, so that you're not asking the patient for the same information twice. I mean, that just kind of, you know, it just cuts that down. I agree. We, we've talked about this in past podcasts, but, uh, you know, if you are doing a, a form that you do hand them in the office, I mean, go ahead and start filling out the stuff you already get over the phone. Uh -huh. If you already get the insurance information, um, which we kind of advise against, actually, uh, depending on where you are in that process, it's a whole different podcast. But, uh -huh. um, you know, ask for that information at the end if you feel the need to. But, um, if nothing else, just copy the card. But whatever you do, don't ask for it over the phone. Don't um, ask for the card when they come in and then ask them to fill it out in their paperwork as well. You know, I get pretty ornery when it comes to paperwork. You know, if, if I'm handed a big stack of forms, um, policy, on the clipboard, yeah, on the clipboard, <laughs> um, things having to do with their financial policy, their scheduling policy, duplicate questions, you know, all this stuff. In fact, there's uh, one doctor, our pediatrician, my kids are older now, but you know, our pediatrician who was awesome, um, but uh, yeah, they just weren't real organized at the front. And so they would ask us every single time we went in to fill out comprehensive paperwork that you know, pretty much was um, like a whole new patient form again. And so you guys that have kids know if you have kids that you know, are sick periodically, you, you may go in quite a bit. And so I started getting really kind of, you know, honoring and, and one day just put nothing's changed. <laughs> and uh, it was so irritating. And yes. I actually took a picture of that paperwork. It was 11 pages. See, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Then the third thing is let's save what's left on the paperwork, um, you know, stuff that you're not already asking over the phone until you've built a relationship. If your forms are, are well, I mean, if they're, simple. if they're simplified, then I mean, kind of like you've been discussing, it's like, you really won't have to much information left to gather. I mean, other than what you've already gained on the, um, when you're on the phone call with the new patient. So, right. Right. There's some things that I think are kind of sensitive that don't really make a whole lot of information to gather over the phone. Mm -hmm. I get why you do it, but sometimes we lead with what's your birth date and your social, you know, mm -hmm. let's wait till you've built a little bit of a relationship mm -hmm. before gathering that stuff. If you are really involved in insurance, heavy PPO insurance uh, based practice, I, I get why you ask that. Um, you know, mm -hmm. our hope is to be able to get you away from that. But right. if, if that's where you are currently and you're getting that information, don't lead with it. Um, and, you know, if you're able to uh, get that information once they come in, that's even better. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then the other thing too, is if we are actually, um, you know, maybe a patient forgets to, to fill it out or online, if you have that, or, or they forget to, to fill out the paperwork you sent home or, you know, mailed to them or however that works. And you're going to help them with that. Uh, you know, help fill, fill in the blanks for them, make the health history simple. Just have, you know, maybe even ask them, what medications are you taking? What allergies do you have? What health conditions have required hospitalization or treatment? And, um, you know, heck, do that for them. Just ask them, you know, what can I check yes to? And then once you have that information, you can share the form and ask that they just simply sign stating that all that info is correct. I love that because, I mean, I would think if I walked into, a, as a new patient, walked into an office and they said, you know what, we've already kind of helped you fill out your form. Here you go. If you'll just mind filling out the rest, I think that'd be 
awesome yeah. just to be like, wow, you've already kind of taken care of some of this for me. That's Even right. if it's just your name and address still, it's like, good. I don't have to do it. Yeah. They already got this. They're asking for it again. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously the best solution is to try and facilitate this online prior mm -hmm. to the appointment. Well, but making it easier for patients to fill out their health history and all the information prior to the visit, then you really can focus on what is most important. Um, you know, what do they, what do they want to be there for? And that saves just valuable time for the patient. But okay, let's say a practice doesn't have an online platform for forms. Can they be emailed or even, I mean, snail, snail mailed? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I'm glad you brought that up, Kathleen, because whether you have online forms or not, your new patient should always, always receive something for you uh, or from you uh, between the new patient phone call and their visit. And okay. if time allows, send it snail mail. People, okay. people don't get mail anymore, but they get a ton of email. Mm -hmm. So if they got a nice packet that had a, a really pleasant welcome letter hand signed by everyone in the office, a document that maybe even has pictures of all the team members, including their positions and maybe even something personal about them. I think that is so cool because then you would already really feel a personal connection. I mean, I think, yes, I think you're definitely right about getting something in the mail because that's a treat nowadays. Mm -hmm. I mean, it really is. And then you really want to be able to relate to your hygienist or your doctor or even the lady that answered the phone to take your appointment. I mean, you kind of want to be able to, if you see a picture of them, then you can you walk in, you're like, you already kind of feel familiar. Um, so it also, I would think, would help if you have any anxious patients, too, or even, you know, the ones that are on the fence about whether they want to keep their appointment or not. I mean, that kind of it's like they sent something to me. So now I'm, I'm get some excited about going. Right. Right. And so the letter, it should not that you're going to send ahead of time shouldn't be policy driven. We even have a letter template that's great. And it, it lists several things that we promise as their dental office. We promise to uh, see you on time. We promise mm -hmm. to communicate uh, financial commitments to you ahead of time. We pro you know, it just lists mm -hmm. like 15 or 20 things that we promise to do. And then at the very end, it says, here are three things that we ask in return. And it's, you know, we ask that you honor your appointment times and on mm -hmm. our time we ask that you keep your financial commitments mm -hmm. and refer your friends and family um mm -hmm. so Love it's that. just sort of it's not a easy bullets yeah yeah and then uh, i would also print out several google reviews and include them in this little packet free advertising for sure when you do that okay well then what if you sent a little goodie like something just maybe with your practice's name on it um a pen a magnet i mean it might sound cheesy but they keep them i mean you know, even just the local sports team schedule or a coffee mug, a sticky notepad, just anything with your name on it. Would that, I mean, I think that's kind of fun. That's a great idea. People love getting stuff. Yes, they and, do. Uh, you know, you, it's, it's extra work. It's a little bit of uh, time and money, but you know what? Something as little as that might be the difference between them not coming because mm -hmm. maybe they decide uh, they're a little nervous or mm -hmm. have something else to do that day or coming. We had a doctor that uh, she does a great job with her new patients. Um, you know, she is referral based. And when she gets mm -hmm. a new patient referred to her, they put a little box together. And in that box, it has a welcome letter. It has several things with their name on it. It's got a coffee mug. It has toothbrushes, brushes, not just nice. one. Um, you know, they put a few samples in there. It has pen. It has a little 
um, stress ball that's shaped like a tooth with her name on it. It has a sticky notepad shaped like a tooth with her name and address and phone number and everything on it. And so they, and at one point in time, um, they actually, you know, hired a college student or somebody to deliver these the day before the appointment. Wow. Yeah, they would go to their place of business and the college student had a little script just saying, I'm so-and-so from Dr. Schaefer's office. I'm here to um, bring you a gift in preparation mm -hmm. for your visit tomorrow. And coincidentally, that. yeah, she, she would have several referral cards in this little package and people would be like, oh, wow, where'd that come from? And she's like, my dentist, I, you know, I'm going for an appointment tomorrow. And they would get referrals from people who hadn't even seen them yet. So, I mean, that is the coolest thing ever. Super. Well, okay. So what if patients don't fill out the online paperwork or they forget to bring what was even sent to them? What do you do then? Yeah. Again, like we mentioned earlier, we want to make sure we have a backup plan. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even if they don't do it, they don't bring it. Remember, don't lead with a clipboard. Even in that case, wait until the end of the interview. Remember relationship conversation, conversation. conversation. Yeah. Conversation. <laughs> Thank you, Kathleen. She's going to convert me. New patient conversation. I, I really like that. All right. So next time we're going to continue with the new patient experience series. Stay tuned for next week's episode where we are going to discuss handoffs and how to set your fellow team members up for success. We'd be honored if you would subscribe to the Front Desk Goddess Diaries, rate our podcast and share it with your friends. From one goddess to another, this is Amy signing off.